Yo, yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. I'm your boy Dante Credo with, here with my brothers from another. Craig Mack is in the building. How you doing, man? Salute, brother. Salute. He Shaw is in the building. What's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up? Stay fly. Stay blessed. And my sister is here. My sister is here. JT, what's going on? I Welcome. Am here. Welcome. She is here. Uh, Glad to be here. This is this is this is a first. It is, it is. But honestly, it's my fault because I was dragging my feet like a motherfucker. So yeah, I think I hit you up. What maybe like a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I did hit her. Let me see what's. It's <laughs> like yeah, I'm so sorry. But uh, thank you for joining us. This is episode. Say what? I said better late than never. Well, yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So this is this is episode thirty-seven. Ooh, thirty-seven. We getting up there. We getting up there. Thirty-seven. You mean you waited thirty-seven episodes to have me on? They, they were really? big episodes. They weren't full episodes. Yeah, yeah. It was there was very small segments. It, it was like you know commercial, mm-hmm. like yeah. It was like commercials, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and plus it's, it's all Philip's fault. So he 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 told me to wait thirty seven episodes. Um, yeah. I don't know. How I, I want a forty. I want a forty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that makes sense, but hey, I'm just trying to pass it up any way I can. Okay. But, <laughs> so, but um. But yeah, um, how's everybody feeling, man? It's been, uh, and he's gone already. <laughs> but how's everybody feeling, man? I mean, it's been a very interesting week so far. But yeah, quick, quick mental health check and all that good stuff. Everybody good? Well, me, I'm all right. You know, the kids, they own their way. Like, they're not here right now. So, you know, they own their way. So, uh-huh. woo but, you know, I love my kids. They're amazing. So, I mean, you know, other than that, uh, mentally, you know, everything is all right in the Shaw household. Cool, cool. But. All right, bro. <laughs> so, that was a very quick intro and outro. So, since he's not here to defend himself, it was actually Craig's fault. So, um, <laughs> it was Craig's fault. <laughs> Anything that goes wrong now, it is Craig's fault. I think the title of this, of this episode would be is Craig's fault. So, um. But yeah, so KT, how you feeling? Everything good? You know, I can't complain. Can't complain. That's good. Good deal. That is good. Hey, I apologize um, for calling. Because if, ever, if you want to, just remember, it's Craig's fault. So, uh, let's just jump right into this because mm-hmm. the, the, the internet is going crazy right now because um, the boss is free. He is finally home. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is home. Boss Bill mm-hmm. is yeah. uh, Boss Bill is home. They they overturned the whole conviction, and and Bill Cosby is home, y'all. So we're gonna watch a little segment of them talking about it. We're gonna get into a little info, but then we're gonna talk our shit about it. So here we go. Today, we're coming back on the air with more breaking news about Bill Cosby. The comedian was just released from prison after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned the 83-year-old actor's sex assault conviction. Cosby served 
more than two years of a three to ten year sentence convicted of drugging and molesting Temple University employee Andrea Constant. NBC Justice correspondent Pete Williams joins us. Uh, Pete, what can you tell us about the, the legal reasoning that led to this decision? Well, the court says the facts are very straightforward, that when the victim initially came forward, the district attorney decided not to file charges, that there were too many problems with the evidence, and that he publicly made a statement that he would not pursue these charges and that he did so in order to free up the possibility that Cosby could be forced to testify in a civil trial that she filed against him later and that he could not in that civil trial then invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination because he was told by the district attorney and believed the advice of his own lawyers that anything he said in the civil trial could not be used against him in the criminal trial if the state tried it again. So he did testify, he did incriminate himself, he said things that were incriminating in the civil trial, and then the district, the, uh, the state of uh, Pennsylvania came back and charged him with the crime. What the Supreme Court said today is, you can't do that. You, made him, uh, you gave him a reason to believe that he could testify at the civil trial without putting himself in jeopardy of the criminal prosecution. The Pennsylvania court said, our sense of fair play and decency uh, compels us to believe that the district attorney, uh, district attorney had to stand by the decision that was made by a predecessor in the office not to charge. So that's the reasoning of the court. The outcome, Lester, is that he cannot be tried again on these charges. That means that the woman at the center of this case, uh, she can't uh, be the subject of another criminal prosecution. This one is over. So uh, a lot of people are mad about this. Like, mm. um, as you would expect, because, you know, this was basically like the spark of the Me Too movement, basically. And y'all remember that whole crazy segment where they had, you know, all these women uh, sitting up on this thing, crying and talking about how Bill Cosby tried to do whatever and whatever with them 37, 40 years ago. They're, yeah. they're mad. And there's a lot of people mad, more particularly white folk. This is going to be honest. A lot of white people are mad about this. And um, am I an asshole for laughing at them? And like celebrate the fact that Bill Cosby is free. So, well, what, what tell tell me what perspective I should have? Because honestly, yeah, I'm I'm kind of laughing. I'm ready to get on this. Okay, what's oh, up? Talk okay, okay. I well, you know, being a man of God and being in situations where you can easily be accused of things mm -hmm. like that. The funny thing about it is, what people not understanding is he was sentenced. Cause this is about how North Carolina and South Carolina, you know, they they trash on this. They don't care what it is. They're gonna try to give you the max. So if they give you less than the max, if they give you less than whatever that it is, then you probably didn't do it. But where he was at, they gave him a three to ten sentence. Mm -hmm. What are y'all mad for? He did three years. Y'all got it up out of him. So to release him and be like, oh man, he shouldn't have got that release. He shouldn't have get, did that. First of all, I don't like the fact how those limitations has no boundaries like they can go you mean to tell me you can go back 30 years because each one of us on this podcast Kristen too mm -hmm. if you were to say hey um uh, kt hey craig back hey ref you know what i mean if they were to go back to what we did in high school or college then we all might be going down because fondling of a booty is sexual assault fondling a booty you know how look we just talking 
You know how many times I done fondled a booty in the club? I done grabbed breast assist. I'm just saying, like, it happened. I'm just lucky that none of them knew my name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like, those are things people done when they was young and dumb. Those things that people done when they was kids. So, you know, I, I thank God there's growth from that. But looking at the Me Too movement that started it about the same time the Black Lives Matter thing started, you know, all them things, they hit together. So Harvey Weinstein, but yet Bill Cosby went down before he did. So 30 people, 40 people, 70 people, 100 people. But we talking about back in the 80s. We talking back in the 70s. Y'all going all the way back that far to some, when some people was in middle school. And it's only when they get to that high standard do people bring stuff up. So, like, I tell my daughter, uh, she said, you know, Faith, Faith said, hey, I want to be the president one day. I said, all right, well, you can do it. Stay off social media. That's all I told her. One, because for some reason, you know, we grew up in an era where they had Black Planet. But, <laughs> but if they can go back and, and open back up our Black Planet account, if they can open up your Black Planet accounts, ain't no telling what was on there. Ain't no telling who was rump shaking on there, you know? But, but yeah, um, I'm glad that he's out. I'm gonna say for the I'm gonna say for the I I do not have a black planet. I never owned the black planet account. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know the words that you're talking about right now. (laughs) I have no recollection of any black planet. What is this you speak of? Is that a new planet in the solar system they discovered? What is this? What is this business? The the old MySpace. <laughs> nah, but nah, I I understand. Oh, I understand. So, KT, what what do you think? Do, do you think Bill being free uh, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What what what's your perspective on on the the putting pop king? Well, he is an old half blind man. He can't do nothing to nobody. Um. I didn't follow the case that closely just because, to tell you the truth, I didn't want to see someone that I had looked up to, mm-hmm. had been inspired by in that light. So mm-hmm. I kind of tuned all of that out and I was like, okay, well, if he did it, that's horrible. And, you know, he deserves to be punished. But if he didn't, you know, it's really sad to go after this old half-blind man. I can't do nothing to nobody right now. Mm-hmm. So, I really don't know the details. I didn't hone in on what was going on because I just, I didn't want any parts of it. But um, there is a statute of limitations on things for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um I think that if we really believed in uh, correction, as you know, they call it the Department of Corrections. Correction, yeah. Um, that means that people have room to grow, exactly. uh, room to evolve, and you know, change. Mm-hmm. But we really don't get behind what we say or we claim to get behind because especially this whole cancel culture thing like they will go 
when you get to a certain status, when you get to a certain level of success, they will go back into your past and bring up some stuff you said umpteen years ago. Yep. And you have to end up doing an apology tour. And it's like, <laughs> y'all, really? You know how old I was when I said that? You know how old yeah. I was when I did that? I'm not the same person. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I in a way, I definitely feel for celebrities. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be a celebrity, to tell you the truth, because I would not be a nice one. Yeah. Everybody all up in my business and everything, they would see the mean side of me all the time because it's like, I'm, I'm just trying to live my life. Will you get out my business? Leave me alone. Because if everybody else's stuff was put on blast like that, everybody all up in your business all the time, none of us want everything that we've done in the past to be <laughs> aired out. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have done some crazy, stupid stuff in the past. And now... We have evolved. We're not that same person. So you got to give people some grace to, to change their lives to be, become who they're supposed to be, you know? So I just, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I think in in all seriousness, I think this was a setup, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe, um, now I didn't follow it letter by letter, but I did follow it pretty closely just to understand like, why is this happening? Why is it happening now? And going from what well, it was all based on, uh, centered around that one woman that was being shown, uh, Andrea, whatever her name was. And just honestly, like I understand and knew that Bill Cosby back in the day, like Bill Cosby was the man. Like he was just the the quintessential superstar. Just everything he touched turned to gold. Everybody wanted a piece of him. He was a insanely successful, popular, powerful man. That he loved to party. So he was always at these functions and stuff. But when I see all these women and all these allegations and the drugging and stuff they accused him of, it's like it's it's not even as serious as they tried to make it. Let's just be honest. Uh, and let me go ahead and give my disclaimer because I understand how people love to misconstrue shit and it misinterpreted things. I am in no way Felicia Rashad, uh, Rashad just had to do this. She tweeted out her elation for Bill Cosby being released and everyone started bashing her and going at her and dragging her on Twitter because they were saying, Oh, she, she doesn't support sexual abuse victims and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, no, we stand and, and we uh, sympathize and stand against sexual abuse. But in this particular case, no, I don't believe that was sexual abuse at all. They were doing something that's called quaaludes, which is basically like the weed of yesterday. Everybody was doing it. Like literally everybody was doing it. So to act like, oh, you're slipping drugs into people's drinks. No, people were willingly doing that. People were looking for people that had these quaaludes to to take the drink while they're at these parties. And these women was basically damn near clawing at Bill Cosby back in the day. And let's just be honest, I, I think he he did a lot of GTG. GTD rather. He 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 got the draws a lot. 
or whatever. So, <laughs> and I think that's the problem there because these people that he's had these relationships with all just basically came back around, saw an opportunity as they were contacting, like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, he did this to me. And, and some of the allegations, there's a reason why there was only one person that attempted to take him to trial. You know, you had about 60 people that came that came out or whatever, but none of them took him to trial. And those that did, the defense and the questioning and interrogations ripped through their story like a white pepper bag, and they end up dropping out because, no, you, you bullshit. And mm-hmm. when it comes to this woman there, they basically yeah. picked him up uh, when statute of limitations was literally days from expiring. So they picked him up, and... Uh, she came with this crazy story, but then like just looking at her, and maybe this is me. M- maybe this is me, right? So just, just looking at her, I, I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe her. Uh, just to be honest, is that mean? Is that like? Is yeah, that mean? I mean- you 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 right because I said the same thing. I'm like he got bad Felicia Rashad right there, and he go to that. I'm like, come on now. And I'm like, maybe that's shallow for me, but I don't know. You'll Just be surprised. But th- this is true. Now you will be surprised because you know a couple pods <laughs> we talk about. You know you may have the baddest. You know the the most complete partner for you, and you would throw it all away for a hood booger. I I I, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> you would throw it away for a hood booger. I understand that, but I I just don't. I don't believe it. I I don't believe I, as far as the severity of what the allegations mm-hmm. were that she was drugged and this that and the third. I I think there's another story to that, or uh, another side that. Anyway. I'm glad the dude is free, and in my response, uh, I guess you guys can agree or disagree. My response is, I would go, I would sue every last one of these hoes. Not they even gonna, know. I, I would like all this, the money that he's lost, the estate and stuff, right on the cusp. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, even though I like conspiracy theories, but you know all these potential moves that he wanted to make to get more power within the entertainment and, and the 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 media industry then all this stuff starts to happen you know i'm gonna need to recoup some of that back that's all i'm saying and so, it's amazing that you said it because um talking about conspiracy and how it was a setup because three weeks ago i didn't even know i didn't even know they still had videos that was coming on tv but three weeks ago i was flipping through the channel and i was like yo they still play videos but then i came across some station and they started back playing the cosby show Yes. And I said, mm-hmm. how they start that plan? And I was like, all right, well, maybe, maybe they done got over it. You know, and I've always felt like, you know, regardless of what who he was in real life, you don't get rid of Bugs Bunny or or SpongeBob and all them for, for what they do as a character, or even mm-hmm. you know, what you do on that TV has nothing to do with what you do in real life because that is a character. And that character, being America's dad, was somebody who we all grew up with. Him, Uncle right. Phil, you know what I'm saying? Those were people that Especially for me, I relate because, you know, I didn't have one in the house. So being able to connect in that way, being able to look at them and say, yo, I want my grandkids or my kids to be to look at me in that light. Because, you know, mm-hmm. he made being a father fun. He made it OK to have two 
dang, well, Rafi, you in a household with two successful people with careers. He made it okay for two black people to be married and have mm-hmm. two successful careers and for it to work. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily common growing up, even though, you know, we may have had that or seen that, but successful in that type of light where you got a doctor and a professor wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm pro black everything. So of course I will go that route. Um, I, I just, I just see it as, you know, the treatment when it comes to this cancel culture, we be getting, we've been getting fucked up as far mm-hmm. as black celebrities and stuff. Like they dig up Kevin Hart's 15 year old tweets. They dig up, you know, all these other things and then murder you for the things you've done. You know, everything that KT said. So, but you know, you have your Harvey Weinstein's your uh, Jeff Epstein's and, and all these other people literally just chilling. Chilling now, Harvey Weinstein. I think it's like the hundreds. The accounts against him, he mm-hmm. chilling, chilling. He's sitting in Starbucks right now, like eating. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't go to Starbucks, so I don't know what you could be having at Starbucks. But he's there, damn it. <laughs> and, and so it's just, um. <laughs> speaking of rigidity, we're going to touch on a little rigidity right quick. Um. This is normally Craig's part because he he loves the the men versus women relationship stuff. But this is another clip that's been going viral over the last couple of days. And once you see it, I think you're going to know why. So let's listen to what this young lady has to say about relationships and the status and the responsibilities of her partner, even after the relationship is over had a guy get me a Benz before and put me in a loft space and, you know, set my whole life up differently than what it was normally. And I feel like if you brought me to like this level and then we didn't work out, but we're still friends, you know, we don't, we didn't have beef and no one cheated. It was just, didn't work out. Um, but I still, ex- I, d- I wasn't going to move from my space because it didn't work out. I wasn't going to give him back my car. Cause I'm not going to downgrade my lifestyle because me and you are no longer together. And I just feel like if you, Put me in this space and that was under your budget then what's the difference now you know what i mean you were my girlfriend i was fucking you yeah but i just i was fucking i you. just feel yeah but i personally feel like no i'm not yeah, moving but see, <laughs> but see what he did was this though he gave you the upgrade but part of that upgrade is because you're with me yeah you understand so so let me just go though so we didn't work out me and you dating you feel me so i'm supposed to keep paying your loft and keep paying your bins now i get it you're a true boss if you do that and that's the the vibe we're getting, but yeah. No, it's just I'm not moving, and you, you're gonna have to if deal you with it. Stay way, upgraded, you have to stay with me. If not, go see what's out oh, there. Oh, so then that. So then, if that's the case, so yeah. you want me to stay with you for these items and use you, basically? Not for them. If you want to live like this, it comes with being with me. Okay. So, so then, so then you would prefer a woman to just stay with you for her items and her lifestyle. My lifestyle is now contingent. My current new lifestyle that you upgraded me to is now contingent on me being in a relationship with you, and that's the only way I can have it in this moment. Then what then stops should, me from just staying with then, you Jazz, for that? Then Jazz, 
You want him to keep your lifestyle up, keep paying your bills, keep you on that same upgraded level. No, you were dating a man that had money, so dating him came with a lifestyle. But if we're not working and our love is dead, I don't owe you to keep paying your, your car note and You're your mortgage. Entitled. I'm not entitled to. Now, if I'm that rich, then okay. But realistically, though. that isn't really my job. You should find you an, a man like me and upgrade to him and, and keep your but lifestyle. But that, that takes time. So I just feel like if someone had me on a certain pedestal, you're not just because I we no longer working, you're not just going to rip the pedestal from me. Like, or I'm going to feel a type of way and just as petty and ruin them things. I'm going to ruin so, the car. I'm going to trash the house. Sponsor I'm you. Gonna, sponsor I'm you make, until you move on. Not until I move on, but give me, you so know, until I more time. KT, touch on that. I'm going to hear what the woman got to say about that mess. It's bullshit. <laughs> she full of shit. She full of shit. <laughs> because, okay, so these women that like to date these rich men, you know, these these arm pieces, these, you know, uh, arm this arm candy, you know, they date these rich men so that they could have this certain kind of lifestyle. Now, if it doesn't work out and you don't have anything to fall back on to keep up that lifestyle, that's on you, boo. Mm-hmm. That is on you. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna sit here. I'm. I'm not gonna all my eggs in that basket because relationships don't always work out. Duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not gonna sit here and have everything riding on this rich gentleman who you know bought me this, bought me that. Because when it don't work out, he gonna snatch that joker back. True. I'm going to make sure that while I'm living that lifestyle, I am also making sure that I can be self-sufficient. So I can have my own. So I'm not depending on him. And, you know, I know then then that makes me an independent woman and sometimes you don't like that either. But... I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be good whether I'm with this man or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's just stupid to me. It's just stupid. I don't... I, I just, you saw I started sipping my wine. I was like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I, I honestly don't even understand why um, she even got the, the, the clout that she got. She I don't even know why she got the attention that she got for that miss. You're not married to the man. Um, like Guapo said, you are married to him. So all your um, necessities came from being with that guy. And you're no longer with him. So let me get that back. You're not even married. And even married couples don't even rock like that. After we after we get, uh-uh. Oh, do you deserve that? Okay, if we got kids together, you might deserve that. But if you didn't earn that, that whole time she was with that guy, he was buying that Benz. He was getting that, um, that, that whatever, that studio apartment, whatever hit that, that, um, the, the clothes and all of the above, she should have been trying to brand herself. She should have been trying to seek out, okay, I'm taken care of. Let me find something that can keep this lifestyle for me. So people around her didn't educate her. Say, hey, girl, um, you plan on getting a ring? If you don't plan on getting a ring, you need to keep them clothes that you got and sell them. You need to become a, a social media mo- model. You need to become, you know, a Netflix. You need to get on something. But you need to get them something to where you can get your own currency. What y'all say? Get your own coins up. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You need, you need to do they that. All of so, these gang edges to work. Like, I'm, because I was looking yeah. at all of this. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> So and they got edge like control. They got okay. edge control that works. I'm a little bit of a tomboy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I got my nails done. I do, you know, I like to have my hair done. I wear wigs. I do. But I'm sorry. Some of these, some of these, these, these lace fronts and everything that people rock in the day with all these dang on baby hairs laid down. That ain't even your baby hairs. I don't. I can't get. <laughs> I can't yours. get. I can't get with it because it's it's a part of the wig. The trust is a part of the wig. They pluck that. They pluck, <laughs> and they lay it down. Okay, because seriously, but I'm I'm just you know being being stupid. But I'm just <laughs> irritated because it's like. You worth more than that, baby girl. Yeah. yeah. You're worth more than that. And if you saw yourself as worth more than that, then you would really be trying to make something of yourself instead of just depending on some dude to take care of you because you look good. Basically. Basically. And, and here is some context. All right. Just a little bit of information because now she's been on uh, Kevin Samuels. She's done a whole bunch of other little interviews. Oh, Lord. Kevin Samuels. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> So, so here's a little bit of information about about her. She's 28 years old, and what she does for a living is actually what what, what Philip mentioned. She's an Instagram model. That's mm-hmm. basically how she came in contact of the guy that she was was formerly with, and he was like a, a club owner or something like that. And a little bit of this conversation that she was having with someone that was interviewing her that was asking her well um what have you done for him to feel like that you should be entitled to keep this bins to stay in this loft expect him to continue to pay for it even though you're not together and she's like well you know i held him down you know in his, his business there's up seasons and down seasons so i held him down i gave him advice and things of that nature so like okay well what type of advice it's like, well, I gave him encouragement um, and, you know, I just gave him support. So like, all right, so the support that you gave was was this type of support, something that was detrimental and just imperative to the success of his business? Like if you didn't give him this piece of information, then he wouldn't have succeeded in the boardroom to make the type of deals or whatever he needed to do to continue to be a successful business owner. Did you do anything like that? Well, no. No, she sat there and said, You got this baby. Yay, you. That's it. And she either did she either did that or there was some other type of clapping. And uh-huh. that's, how she, that's how she supported him. Right. Um, the thing that got me that, that pissed me off the whole time I'm like, okay, yeah, you're stupid. One, and then to find out that one, you you're almost 30 and you're thinking like mm-hmm. this. The thing that pissed me off was what she said at the end. Was that no? First, she said, "Well, no, I'm not leaving. You're gonna have to figure it out." Or I'm gonna start tearing up stuff. Yeah. Or I'm gonna start tearing up stuff. Or these things you're not gonna let me have. I'm going to tear them up. I'm going to destroy them. So let me have this car. Let me stay in this loft. Keep paying for it, even though we're not in a relationship anymore. Or I'm going to destroy them. 
And then I'm like, you're 28 years old. Thing how childish is that? Like, how absolutely childish and toxic is that? And that's one thing that I just, it kind of cringes. Why I thank God I'm married today because I'm like, these, like these women, like they, they've normalized toxicity, just this toxic mm-hmm. behavior where you think this is how you're supposed to be. But it's like, maybe you didn't think that through. Well, there's no maybe. Clearly, you didn't think that through. Because even in these through. other interviews that she's done, she's basically stood 10 toes down. Like, nah, you, you're going to have to figure it out. You know, if if you got these things for me and everything was fine before we broke up, then I don't, like, you should honor your agreement. You should honor the contract and what it says. Like, well, all he has to do, because there's a legal thing. The question mm-hmm. was asked, well, right, well, whose name is on these items? His. So his name is on the car. Yes, his name is on the loft. Yes, so he can easily you have break no the entitlement to anything. Yeah, you you have no say, no entitlement to anything. No matter if you, you know, if you singing that song, and I'm telling you, you can sing that song all you want to, <laughs> and go ahead and tear up that man's stuff if you want to. Exactly, you so, will end up paying for it. Exactly. Like you didn't think that through, Mama. You didn't. You didn't think that through at all because legally, all the leverage, all the power belongs to him. So if he breaks that contract, nah, I, I want that broken. And whoever is in there, kick him out. This car, no, is over. Go and repossess it. So it's like I don't. He doesn't even have to tell you what's about to happen because you don't hold any leverage. The leverage you thought you had, your your for JJ. <laughs> you know that he pretty another. So I mean, a dime a dozen. Pretty girls are a dime a dozen. A dime a dozen. Women that are really going to contribute to your life. That are really gonna hold you down. Like she claimed you were, but she really wasn't. But she really wasn't. Mm-hmm. So you know it's and it's sad because stuff like this goes viral and then they just gain more popularity so it feeds into the ego of thinking well this is what got me here so you know i guess this is the right thing to do and other people see it they think well that's what they did to get famous so i got to do the same so it's that whole paris hilton kim kardashian type thing right so you know, they're, they're, they're the no, thing about Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian, they made a brand for themselves. This is true. This is true. This little heifer ain't made nothing but an Instagram page. But, but an Instagram page. And and it's just basically that because she knows what well, I can't take these sexy pictures if I'm not in this bins. I can't, I can't throw, uh, you know, my ass around, and I can't show titties and ass in, in if I'm not in this new loft. If I'm down in that one studio apartment again, down in Brooklyn, because I think this was up in New York, you know. So if if, if I'm back in the Bronx, nah, I can't make them sexy pictures anymore. So, but you know, it was just the entitlement, like the absolute toxic entitlement that because you put me on the pedestal, that doesn't mean you take the pedestal away from me. Yeah, yes, it does. That's exactly what that means. Because you wouldn't be on this pedestal if it was if it weren't for me, right? Like I don't understand that. There's a particular person I argue with all the time. She she's young. I think she's about 24, 25. But I I bring up stuff like this and argue with her all the time. <laughs> and it is this is not an isolated incident. I'll just say it like that. Like they actually. 
think like that because that's what they all see. And I'm just like, I blame some men for this too. Men play a role in this because they always got to be flashing these chicks that are pretty, that Mm -hmm. have body, and all this is all that they're seeing is that this is what they want. They're not seeing women who have degrees, or they don't even know those women who are shaking it have degrees. Right. That's not what's focused on. What's focused on is how pretty they are, how much body they got. Mm-hmm. I and definitely agree there. We, we, so we. these girls are growing up, looking at this stuff, thinking, okay, that's how I have to be in order to make it. Mm-hmm. In order to live that lifestyle, and they don't even know that most of them girls shaking it ain't living that lifestyle. They just got lucky to be in one video. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? And it's like that, and they figured out how to get that angle just right to mm-hmm. get a lot of likes and and attention online. But you know, absolutely depressed and insecure. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just all these other issues that they're dealing with, but yeah, I, I definitely blame you know, men are to blame, especially when they're in like overdrive simp mode. Because I think the ex that still, because according to her, uh, even to this day, he's still, to this doing, day, it. He's still doing it, so you know, it, it's, it's those it's those things because. I, I I just don't understand. I I I'm with you, KT, as far as the celebrity and rich thing, because like I, I I cannot be a celebrity. Like I I do not want to be famous because yeah, I wouldn't be the right one. Like I I thank God. I honestly thank God that uh, I have the life that I have. Just married to kids every week. Listen, because of something I done said. Yep, exactly. And especially uh, so far with, and I wouldn't be going on no party tour either. I'd be like, I said what I said. I said what I said. Uh, mm-hmm. Same way with like, like what uh, going back to uh, Felicia Rashad or what she did um, because people were dragging her because she was celebrating her friend being released and in what was an uh, injustice undone, people dragging her for all these different reasons. She had to go and issue a statement saying, you know, I, I support and stand with all abuse victims and you know i have a heart for them and we need to heal the world and you know go on this whole apology thing and it's like that's not even what you was talking about but because she has a position i think she's like a a director in in one one of those colleges up there um you know people people will people will go after your job flood and dox your job uh until they just have to until they're pressured of letting you go so it's like you know, I, I hate I that. Like, I really hate that. I mean, I believe that every action, every every decision you make has a consequence, of course. Okay. Of course it has a consequence. But for people to just swarm and go and attack this one person because one thing they said. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they are the spawn of Satan because they said one thing. <laughs> it's like, and you going for their livelihood, trying to get them fired, trying to get them. I don't think that's right because 
let's look in your past, boo boo. Mm-hmm. Let's look at some of the stuff you done said. Exactly. I exactly. don't really think that uh, you would have nothing either. Your job would be lost mm-hmm. if people treat you like you treat them. Mm-hmm. And I really think this whole thing needs to stop is getting out of hand. Like you got to give people grace to evolve, to yep. change, because people can change. Yes. It ain't an overnight process. We all works in progress. Mm-hmm. But you got to give people room to change. Yep. Mm. I agree. It's, it's that part that and I, I just see this a bunch of insecure, ugly people uh, who want to feel powerful, you know, want to feel like they matter to where it's literally like a hive mind thing. It's like there's no real concept of free thinking. And even though people throw that term around, it's, it's just as fake as the next because it's very clickish. You have this group, and in order to be in this group, uh, you have to think exactly the way we want you to think, and any type of deviation, then we'll destroy you. Uh, think like us, the LGBTQ, RST. Oh, my gosh. You are saying exactly what I was thinking in my head. I was like, that is the LGBTQ community. I, I know. I know. But like and I, said, I- I love them, but they they just have so there's just so many things like they just so many groups and cliques amongst them. It's just like Yep. And come on. Yep, it's very territorial. Yeah. It's very hostile. And it's, and they'll be hostile toward each other. And I'm like, y'all, y'all yep. supposed to be the, part of the alphabet club. Like, what? You, th- you, yeah, you think the L's and G's and the B's and the T's and the Q's are all together, but no, Mm-mm. that's a whole world in of itself. You know, yeah. but, but even still, it's like any one thing, and then they come after you, just one thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and th- there, is, there is an agenda. I do believe that there is an agenda. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it's an agenda that they all of a sudden wanted to make uh, Juneteenth a federal holiday right in the middle of Pride Month. I think yeah. that's an agenda. Um, mm-hmm. And you, they, they don't talk about any type of black freedom, black creativity, black success, anything without mentioning or showing that person to be of the LGBTQ movement. Um, I talk about them all the time and I'm trying my best to just not shit on the Black Lives Matter organization, but they are pro-LGBTQ and they push that aspect even more than the pro-black aspect. So, yeah. and we talk about it all the time, whether they, they want to destroy the nuclear family, the, the patriarchy, they want to get the man out the way. So it's, so it's it's basically coming from them, but also other sectors, especially in your political specters, your Democrats and your Republicans, they operate the same way. And yeah. I kind of bounce, you know, around because I like to hear what y'all saying. But like, w- mm. what's your vibe over here? What are you saying? What's your message over here? No, yep, mm, yep. I see y'all full of shit over here. Well, let me just go over here and see what the contrasting message is. What are y'all saying over here in contrast? Yep, okay, I see what you're saying. But nope, you full of shit too. But let me hop over here. Okay, y'all were the free thinkers. Let's see what what's what's so free thinking about y'all. Nope, mm, I see some bullshit there. And all of them are extremely clickish extremely clickish clickish and it's 
you know, it's, it's, it's fake. Like the whole thing is fake. Cause you sit around and you look at everything and it's like, all y'all got problems. All y'all are fake as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, and hypocritical. Y'all have an agenda that you're trying to put. There's, there is an agenda that, that all of you have. And as a whole, honestly, I look at black people as, as Malcolm X said, you know, I said this before, Malcolm X said that black people are basically the football in all of this. We're, we're always being in the middle of something, either you shitting on us or you using us as your shield or you are using us as your Trojan horse. It's like we're always being used for something in one of y'all's agenda. And to the point that we're honestly, it it's really messed us up as a community. Um, I was just reading an article about a um, a particular woman, and I'm gonna have to look this up, and I, I'm, I'll do this more justice later. But um, Gloria Steinem, she she mm-hmm. is uh, seen as like a revolutionary back in the seventies, um, mm-hmm. but. A lot of this information came up uh, where she was also like a feminist, right? Um, a, a, an activist and all these type of things, whoop-de-whoop. Uh, but then come to find out she was actually a CIA agent and she was pushing a narrative of anti-black, more specifically anti-black men, um, to where she was pushing these particular ideals and getting the black woman, uh, as I talked about before in Shaharazar Ali's book, uh, pushing the black woman to side with the white woman to go against the men type of thing, uh, and telling the black woman, you know, messages like you don't need a man, you know, the the that stigma of the independent woman type thing. And this is going to be like one big flashback segment, but you know, you're talking about. You know, you never hear the phrase strong, independent white woman or strong, independent Asian woman. You know, we talked about that before, but that's where that stems from. This Gloria Steinem person where she was uh, pushing forth as this this strong activist, feminist person. But she was pushing material that was specifically targeting uh, to turn away from the black man, encouraging the black women to turn away from black men. Uh, and predicted that these tactics under the CIA, uh, that these tactics would cause a rift in future black relationships. And she's turned out to be a fucking prophet today. And this was done back in the 70s. Um, where for the most part, we understand as far as the black community that, that we've been manipulated, we've been fucked over and, and played with via government vehicles and government and government schemes for a while, but it's just that feminist movement that don't want to come to that realization yet. And I'll get off that because I tend to get a lot of heat uh, when I go against, when I display my uh, feminism ideals and opinions, which is fine because I'm with all the smoke because you, you ain't, you ain't canceling me. I have no sponsors. I do this myself. Ah, Bitch. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I do this shit myself. All right. So, uh, <laughs> in lighter news, this is what I wanted Eric here for because he's, he's a big Michael Jordan fan. Uh, and basically he's like, Michael Jordan is, is the God of all. Um, now he's the greatest basketball player. You know, I can give you that, but also, Craig is not here. Uh, so again, it's Craig's fault just because he's not here. Um, you know, how dare you have real life responsibilities? Damn you. So 
Scotty <laughs> Pippen, Scotty Pippen is mad. You know, we, we touched on this just a little bit before that Scotty Pippen is coming out with his own production and own book because he didn't like the way Jordan portrayed him in the last dance documentary. Um, he thought it wasn't fair. You know, he thought, you know, Hey, I'm just as important without Jordan. You, you know, you went have six championships, you know, I, I was an MVP caliber player, blah, 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 blah. So basically in a rollout, he comes out with some very interesting things that he has said to Jordan and to his coach, Phil Jackson. So let's take a listen. Help me understand the GQ article where you talked about the 1994 playoff game when you refused to go back in the game and Phil set up the play for Tony Kukoc. Well, I mean, it's not much to be said. If you go back and look at when Scottie Pippen entered the Bulls and when Tony Kukoc entered the Bulls and who deserved the last shot of the game. No, no, no. I understand that, Scotty. I'm just going by what you said. You said you need to read between the fine lines. And then you go on to say it was a racial move to give him, Tony Kukoc, a ride. So, I mean, if you knew that Scotty Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons and every other team that we had to get to those three championships, wouldn't you give Scotty Pippen one opportunity to get a last second shot without Michael Jordan? Like one year without Michael Jordan. Can I get one shot? But all of that I understand from the basketball standpoint. But when so, you say a racial move. Well, why would why would Tony, who was a rookie, get the last second shot and you put me out of bounds? That's what I mean, racial. But have you talked to Phil about this? Because you, by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil a racist. I don't got a problem with that. Do you think Phil was or is? Oh, yeah. I mean, do you remember Phil Jackson left the Lakers, went, wrote a book on Kobe Bryant, and then came back and coached him? Well, it feels like he's disloyal. I don't know if that makes him a racist. Well, that's your way of putting it out, and I have my way. I was in the locker room with him. I was in practices with him. Uh, You're looking for him afar. (laughs) So, now, this is just a, a snippet of this interview uh I, I trimmed it down just a little bit to get the main gist of it but yeah he goes off on a lot of tangents basically he called phil jackson a racist because here's some context to the the instance that they're talking about so it's it's 1994 the the chicago bulls is without michael jordan he retired the first time right after they won their third championship. So Michael Jordan is retired. He's not playing this year, uh, this season. So it's Scottie Pippen's team. He's leading the team. They bring this young, uh, this young guy in a rookie named Tony Kukoc from Croatia. He's like, you know, a superstar, a star player over there. So they bring him to Chicago. Um, they're deadlocked in, in, in a tight game with the New York Knicks, if I believe. And Phil Jackson draws up one play to give Tony Kukos the last shot instead of Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen felt like, well, I'm the man of the team. I should take the last shot. And so Scottie Pippen was like, hey, if I'm not taking the last shot, I'm not going in the game. So he goes, marches to the end of the bench, sits down, does not go into the game. Phil Jackson goes on, gets a substitution for Scottie Pippen. 
Tony Kukoc still makes the final shot, winning the game. But it was noticeable that Scottie Pippen was pouting at the end of the bench, and that's been a, a, a horrible stain on Scottie's career ever since. And so now we're talking about it. Scottie Pippen's like, well, because you gave this rookie a shot over me, that was racist. And it was a racial move that you gave this white boy uh, the last second shot over me, who's the leader of the team and having an MVP caliber season. And it's my team. And, you know, I did all this work. You know, you should give me a chance. Da, 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 da. And, well, is Phil Jackson racist? And as y'all say, well, I got no problem with that. Yeah, that motherfucker's racist. That's what he said. <laughs> and uh, so now it's making his round. So do y'all think Scottie Pippen is right? Does he have a point? Or is he on that bullshit? Like, what, what, do, y'all, what do y'all think about this? <sighs> look, I, look, I loved the Bulls back in the day. I was a big Michael Jordan fan. I knew everybody on that team. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was big on basketball back in those days. So, I, I, Scottie Pippen looked like he done been through it. Have you seen, I mean, I was, I know we going more for the natural look these days. He was looking a little rough. And I'm, I'm wondering if Scottie is okay. Because he's looking like he, he done thought about it way too much. Now, it seems to me the the mentality that you should have had is who, so you won the game. They won. Okay? I won. That should be the most important thing. It don't matter who takes the final shot. It matters whether y'all win the game because y'all a team. Big everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay? But it seems like Scottie Pippen has a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. to me. I feel like he has a chip on his shoulder. He was always in Michael Jordan's shadow, he feels. And, you know, when this, it came out that he was really being a brat about not taking the final shot, mm-hmm. now he's trying to he's embarrassed. And he probably caught a lot of flack about that when that came out. Yep. And now he wants to try to make himself look better, try to find some reason, yeah. <laughs> some mm-hmm. reason to make him show himself in a better light by casting some shade on somebody else. Right. That's how it comes off to me. Hmm. It it comes off as he's kind of bitter that things maybe didn't go the way that he wanted them to go in his career. He didn't get the shine that he thought he should have gotten. And now he's just bitter. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Well, you know, um, that's, you know, that's his perception. And like how you perceive something, like he said, he said, um, well, that's how you look at it. Because a lot of times we're not in a locker room, so we mm-hmm. can't say that he's wrong. 
because we wasn't there. He was there. And only people that know that truth about what he's saying is people who was in there with him. So now I'm waiting on somebody to come back behind him and say, hold on, I was there too. I waiting on Steve Kerr to say, I was there too. Or Jordan to say, nah, I was there too. One, because then you can see that different light of what really happened. Because right. basketball, same, same way as football, um, you know, we play the game because we love the sport. We play the game because we love the sport. We play the game because we love the sport. They run the game because it's modern day slavery. Money. Because Money. if black people stopped yeah. it, stop, stop trying to play those sports and say, yo, let's go do something else. Let's go start our own league. You know, let's go do something for us. It'll be a whole different ball game, be a whole different money era. You'll start seeing how we won't be getting paid the, the right amount of money we, we deserve. We won't be getting the, the clout like we should. We won't be getting the fame. We won't be getting the publicity like we should because we don't have, you know, the other people behind us. But, right. you know, how we perceive things in our own mind, I got out of habit of telling people they're wrong. But that's just the man of God in me. That still don't mean I don't think they're wrong, but we can't tell people they wrong in what they see. I can say that I got on a, blue, a black shirt. You can say I got on a blue shirt. I can waste my energy and argue with you. And people going to be trying to, like the Bible says, people will try to figure out who the fool is. Mm -hmm. However, if you see blue, all right, I'm just going to be like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I might say something wrong with you. I'm like, oh, oh you, my shirt black. No, it's blue. You right. <laughs> you you right because that's that, that, that's a waste of energy so you know i mean you know we grew up with a lot of people that now we be like hey we look back at it you know um dante was like yo they was racist but they weren't racist in our faces right like i've i've like i said before i've never experienced racism to my face from a human being that i knew Right. I mean, no, I did I experience that. through cops? Of course. Did I experience through dealing with um, authority in different positions? Yeah. But I never dealt with it to my face. So if I thought it was going to happen, I'll address it before it happened. I'm like, yo, right. there's some racist stuff. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. no, I, I appreciate Scotty for trying to get back out there to tell his side of the story. But tell your story and then complain. Don't complain before you tell your story. Because right. then you have a lot of enemies Behind you, like yo, we ain't gonna support mm -hmm. what you got going on because you just right. being petty. Yeah, because that's what it looks like. It looks like yeah. pettiness. Exactly. It looks like taking shots because again, this stems from him not being happy with how he was betrayed in the documentary. So for those who haven't seen the documentary uh, on the Last Dance, they touched on this this moment in, in Scotty Pippen's career, uh, and they talked about it. Even Scottie Pippen was there talking about it. Um, and they also talked about his contract situation uh, to where he basically was boycotting games, not playing games uh, because he wanted to be paid more, but he took a particular deal. And I side with Scottie in this particular moment um, the way he was, you know, a decorated champion, multi-time champion, multi-time all-star defensive player, uh, defensive first team, just a straight up superstar in his own right, but he was only getting paid two or three million dollars a year. You know, when Michael Jordan is getting 30, 34, 35 a year, and yeah. Jordan and, and Scottie Pippen basically took a deal like, uh, no, a long, he, he, he took a bad deal basically. Yeah, he and, did. And it, it was a horrible deal because he was like, well, I'm going to take the money now because I need to feed my family, but then he started to see 
what he was actually worth. And so he basically started to pout and throw a tantrum because the the management at that time didn't want to come back and rework his contract to pay him more. It was like, no, you signed the contract. So that's it type of thing. So he started to, so they, they, they highlighted those things, um, which I thought the documentary was really good because it was showing what the it. organization was about. It wasn't necessarily just about Michael Jordan. It was showing mm-hmm. the organization and the drama that mm-hmm. was going on within the organization doing that last dance, right? Um, right. I think he's being petty. I think this was a petty move. Uh, you won't say he's wrong, P. Shaw, but damn it, that motherfucker is, is out of his damn mind. What's wrong with him? <laughs> like, like, what's wrong? What's wrong with Scotty, man? Because uh, no, I'm, I'm looking at his, I'm looking at his countenance like KT, and I'm like, he looks rough. Like he looks like this thing's been stressing him out. So yeah. I don't understand the perspective because it's like I'm finally out of Jordan's shadow. I'm leading a team, and mind you, that team without Jordan, that first year he was gone, was damn good. Like, they, they were a damn good team. I think they were still like top two or top three teams in in, in the Eastern Conference at that time. Still a force mm-hmm. to be reckoned with. And Scotty was right. leading away. So he's like, hey, I'm finally getting my shot. But I think he took that a bit too personal because it's like if we're drawing up a play, then I know all eyes is going to be on me. I can be a decoy. I do have my own Batman, my own Robin here to, uh, in Tony Kukoc that – the way Jordan played off me and I was able to be successful as people focus on him. I can let Tony Kukoc folk, uh, be successful because the focus is going to be on me because I'm the man. Because him taking the right. last shot doesn't mean you're not the man. It just means right. this is still a team sport. And but it's that part right there, though, Dante. It's yeah. that part right there. See, mm-hmm. it's my team now. Mm-hmm. You would, If Jordan would say you wouldn't have wrote it up for nobody That's but fine. Jordan. It's my team now. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's crazy right. that we talk about this, it, and he bringing it up because they did talk about it. Um, from that point, ever since, so for 20 plus years, you've been mad at one play. Yeah, that you've been mad at one opportunity, you've been mad at one door that was closed on you, and you like, I can't get over it. And yep. you're a grown man with a daughter that's good and ball, you need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You need to focus on other things, channel your energy to other things. And that right there is if that's what makes you old and look old and look stressful. Yeah. That's what gets you wrinkles and gray hairs because you're stressing out of something that's 25 years old. 25 years old over, over a slight that only you took, you know, yeah. like I, I understand where you're coming from. But it's like, bro, it's not that serious because you still have a talented person. Yeah, he's a rookie. And we get all that. But he's your rookie. He's your teammate. Right. The way uh, Jordan ushered you along, if you are the man, do what Jordan did. Right. He ushered you along. He he helped. He pushed you. Made you better. He you had opportunities when Jordan was on the court. So it's like, you know, this one play. But he let that one play basically eat away at him. And basically, them going over that situation in, in the Jordan's documentary, he brought us some sure, old that he needed mm-hmm. to finally lash out. And so calling it a racist move, like, come on now. Come on. Like, that's what I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Nobody, like, none of the other players, none of the other black players have alluded to Phil Jackson being racist. Never. Yeah. None of them. 
Not on any None of them the- have alluded to that. Yep. A lot of the other players have nothing but respect for Phil Jackson. So mm-hmm. um, for you to be the only person spewing that mess, I, I got to wonder, look, is this really true? Or are you just bitter? Yeah, bitter. Because I, he's just bitter because he, gosh, just the, and it's really sad just to think that he's allowed this to just hang like a cloud over his life for all this time. <laughs> yep. For all this time, you've been holding on to this, holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And saying, I should have been, I should have been this, and I should have been that. You know, I could have been like Jordan. I think that's really what it is. Yep, basically. I could have been the superstar. I could have been like Jordan. I could have gotten all the accolades. Yep. But nobody, and maybe he could have if he hadn't made that move to sit there and pout. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you made that decision to take that contract. Mm-hmm. You made that decision. It was a bad decision. Yeah. But you never know if you really knew your power and how valuable you were. Maybe you could have been like, damn the contract. I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. Screw y'all's contract. And then maybe they would have been like, Nah, I don't think we want to do that. Let's pay him some more. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he he didn't really because he had a chip on his shoulder, and he really didn't he didn't really really know how good he was. He just wanted to be that mm-hmm. good because if he really knew how good he was and how valuable he was. I think he would have handled it a little bit differently. I yeah. agree. I agree. So, Scotty, um, all you know, thoughts and prayers with you, my man. Um, well, th- they'll probably be more genuine coming from P. Shaw, but not from me. I'm an asshole. So, you, um, thoughts and prayers coming from P. Shaw. Um, but for me, yeah, you want some bullshit? Stop it. Get some therapy, <laughs> brother. Get 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 some therapy. Yes, please get some therapy. Uh, uh, go go to the altar. Peshaw will pray for you. Just I got just you, got you know, you. he'll take you to the king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 come to me for prayer because yeah. prayer is going higher than the ceiling. So, um, I'm yeah. not as as saved as I used to be. <laughs> as you see, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna work on it, bro. We're gonna work on it. Yeah, yeah. We we're yeah. working on it. God God knows we are. We're working on it. But uh, oh, Lord. but speaking of money and knowing your worth, I think this last segment is a perfect segue. So I love you guys for this. Um, this is also breaking news. Uh the NCAA finally allowing college players to be paid. It is a game changer for college sports. After years of pressure in and out of court, the NCAA moves to allow college athletes to make money. John Yang helps explain. Judy, beginning tomorrow, college athletes across the country will be able to make financial deals that capitalize on their celebrity. 
what's called okay. name, image, and likeness. It's a big departure for the NCAA's long-held stance that student-athletes should only get scholarships and stipends. A big announcement just in today in the world of college sports, the Indianapolis-based NCAA Board of Governors approving an interim plan to allow athletes to make money off their names, images, and likeness. That plan goes into effect starting tomorrow across all three NCAA divisions. It means athletes can sell merchandise, get endorsement deals, and make public appearances with no penalty from the NCAA. Officials say the plan is designed only to cover athletes until either a federal law is passed or until the NCAA passes a permanent rule. Okay. So I, I think, like, I'll speak for everybody. Like, finally, mm-hmm. finally. So uh, is this is this just happened maybe a couple hours ago, um, as I was getting ready to to get the pods set up and breaking yeah. news. I was like, yo, this is huge. This is huge. So let me let me speak on that for a minute. Uh-huh. Um, in 2008, they issued the whole thing because you had guys from Stanford and guys from Harvard. And um, I only I didn't really hear about it, but from about five people, um, two of them, one being my cousins, Josh Briscoe and, Tra- and Travis Lee. And I got a, I got a request in the mail. I wasn't I was not even living in North Carolina at the time, but they found me in South Carolina at my house in Duncan. Mm-hmm. And a letter came in the mail and it says NCAA had my name on it. And you had to fill out what position you played. What was your jersey number? What year you had? And if you didn't read the fine print. It was based on that case that they won. So I filled mine out. I was like, you know what? I can't lose nothing. I got three checks. I got one for $1,100, one for $700, one for $200. And when I talked to Josh, Josh said he got something like up in the thousands. And I was like, I didn't think it was, you know, I didn't know what it was really about. But then later on, I found out, you know, before they even sent those checks. Okay, if you play NCAA and you was on that game, they was paying you for being on the game because that's when they had stopped right after they did that. They had stopped putting people's names on there because they was using your real name, your real location, your real height, your, where you was from and everything. So basically your information was on that game, but yet you weren't getting paid for it. They was putting Dante Credo on the cover like this right here, but you weren't getting paid for that cover. So that was their argument. You mean to tell me this guy is starting on the game and he's on the feature commercials on the game because the games have commercials and you're not paying these guys. So this right here is stemming from all of that because you have people like you're around this area, like like your Debo Samuels that when he was in college at USC, South Carolina, um, people was looking at him like a local celebrity. But guess yeah. what? They buying it. They buying his jersey. They yeah. um they come to the games and he's getting publicity to, to come. Hey, can you come to the school? We'll pay you to come to the school because you're a local celebrity. We'll pay you to show up at this club because you're a local celebrity. Now, you're not professional, but you're a local celebrity. And by getting that clout and those followers and that fame from Instagram or social media, whatever it may be, we making y'all, they were making y'all money for doing that. So they do deserve that. So this is not a dope or doo-doo segment, but it's dope. It's dope. Yeah. That is dope. So real, real quick, round of applause. Round of applause for the NCAA. All right, so we'll stop <laughs> my little sound effects buttons. Um, I, I just realized, speaking of which, on the small little tangent, there's like two, four, six, like eight additional things I can put up in here. But 
you know me, I'll put some wild and crazy stuff up in here. So uh, I, I I meant to to use this one for my Scotty Pittman segment. Oh hell no! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wanted to use it, but I'm gonna use it now, damn it. <laughs> Scotty Pippen, you think Scotty Pippen has a point? Oh hell no! Oh, <laughs> all right, so, <laughs> so okay. uh, KT, what 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 you think about this, man? <laughs> I say damn right. Yeah, damn right. They should have been getting some money for their image, their likeness, their names being used because mm-hmm. they showed sure up was making money off of them. They should have seen yeah. some of that money. So it's about time they start, you know, allowing them to make some money. These people cost them. They need money. Don't gonna need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it but they you, need you money. know what I think was the was the turning point? What kind of pushed the envelope? Because you know they've been fighting this for damn near a decade. Like, yeah. Because you know you talk about billions of mm-hmm. dollars, and the only reason is I think now because a lot of these top prospects they started going to HBCUs. Uh, it was yeah. it was quite a few of them, and the article I think Jamel Hill pointed out it was like yeah you start sending all of these uh, top prospects to like HBCUs and see how quickly they change their stance. A lot of these top prospects are going to HBCUs. They change their stance. Now and that's not to say that's the only reason, but that's a big part of it. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Also, you have the options of the the NBA started to counter it with the G League. Uh, to where they can mm-hmm. come right out of high school and go straight to the G League, work, work in the G League for a couple of years and, and then get drafted. You know, go straight to the NBA from the G League. Now you have the the emergence of overseas uh, basketball. So they get out yeah. of high school, they go overseas, play for a year, mm-hmm. and then go to the draft where they get paid over there, then go to the draft. So the people started finding ways to to not even touch the NCAA. NCAA thought that they was losing money because they didn't want to pay these athletes, so they finally broke. They finally broke, and I think it's about damn time. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited now they need to, to make that go. joint per- permanent. Yeah, and as they should. But even now, just at this uh, this announcement, there's been some college players that they they launching. Uh, Merch lines, they're they're on merch stores. They're now yep. setting up, you know, autograph segments. They're now being paid to go speak, like places that they had to go and not get paid for. They're now getting paid mm-hmm. to go to these speaking engagements. A lot of things I've I've already seen people line up for themselves because if they are the face of this school uh, as far as yeah. their particular sport, then yeah, why not? Cash Come in on, on that. Damn. Cash yeah. in on that. So. You know, round of applause to, to everyone that's been fighting for that because, you know, the NCAA has been stubborn for, for a decade and trying to get this done, and they finally broke. And as KT said, it better be permanent, damn it. It better mm-hmm. be permanent. So outside of that, all hearts and minds are clear is my way. So um, well, I guess I this is going to wrap things up, I suppose, uh, for those who uh, – See, see what's going on right there. Y'all, y'all see that growth? Y'all, y'all see that? Okay. Y'all see that? Y'all see that? Listen, listen to me. For those who are listening, I'm like, I got like this afro pick, so I'm picking out my my fro. It's not necessarily a fro, but it's getting there. Even, yeah, you it's can't a even row. It's a row, though. Yeah, it's a row. Like, a don't row. don't it's hate a, on. Oh, maybe. Like, oh. listen. Oh. 
You don't even get the the F and the R. I don't. It's just the O. It's just an O. I just got an O. <laughs> oh my God. Come on now. Don't, don't. All right. You know what? I'm going to take it. It's I'm gonna take O. It. If it I gets at least an inch, man. At least an inch before it can be. It's not. All right. All right. Okay. That's a half an inch, player. Is right. that there's a half an inch? I know we're gonna give uh, you know shrinkage, I understand, but yeah. that's a half an inch player. That's a you half know. an inch, so you know. But but we gonna make it. J- Shout out to Jada Kiss, we gonna make it. We getting there, we gonna make uh, it. We gonna make it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna make it, man. You know, we we gonna keep going and see what happens with this thing. At least until wifey be like, "All right, that's enough, nigga." All right. <laughs> All right. Tina ain't gonna play that. Tina gonna be like, "Um, you need to get a haircut <sighs> like today." Well, no, nah, see, okay. Uh, she did ask me a couple of days ago, like, "So, what are you trying to do?" <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you trying to do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just gonna, just gonna let it grow and just see what happens, you know. And she's like, mm. and you know what that means. Like, all right, you better sleep with one eye open. So, you know, I put some sort of cap on it. So to, just to protect myself, uh, because she'll cut my hair while I'm asleep. You know, yeah, she, yeah, she y- y'all, y'all, y'all get the whole sweet doctor stuff if y'all want to. Now she ratchet as hell. And <laughs> love know, you, baby. And, and she gonna uh Call me up there to hold your behind down. Uh, <laughs> she does it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't need that type of hostility, man. I don't need. I don't need that. I need love. I need love. <laughs> LL Cool J. We need love. Love. Yeah, she will ain't, ain't shave your head and give you love afterwards. Ah, now not shave. Now you can't give me a shave. Nah. <laughs> my my head too lumpy to go bald. Like I ain't even gonna hold you. I, I got I got a lumpy head. Oh, and w- which is funny because my kids got lumpy heads too, so I know they're mine. I'm like, yeah, you got a little lumpy head too. So you, 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 every bit of mine. <laughs> you every bit of my kid because you got that lumpy head. If you ain't got anything else from me, you got that little lumpy head. But uh, and them Joker smiles. Ah, uh, why it gotta be the Joker smile though? <laughs> it, can't, it, it can't be the Denzel smile. It can't be the Idris Elba smile. Mm-mm. Nah, player. Damn, tough. I'm All your right. sister. I'm gonna give you a hard time. That's what I do. Yeah. But damn, already. I mean, shit. All right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nigga, what you thought? Oh, uh, but that's it, man. And listen, this has been a, a great pod, great episode. Thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, this is the Talk My Credo podcast with your boy Dante Credo. Here at my brother P. Shaw, my sister KT. Uh, y'all, in the words of P. Shaw, stay fly, stay blessed. Uh, until next time, until uh, we get some more rigidity to talk about, y'all stay blessed, keep pushing forward, all that good. Um, you know what? I think we should let you do the benediction, P. Shaw, since you're like the actual righteous one here. You know, we just, I don't think it's right that, you know, these uh, heathens trying to give words of encouragement. So um, yeah, yeah. Let the let, yeah, let so the minister let the minister go ahead and, and, yeah, so and take care of that. You can't do that, player. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine. <laughs>
Damn. <laughs> like Dante, I already told y'all to stay fly, stay blessed, and um, like I tell my kids, um, listen right, learn right, live right, love right, speak life in all that you do. And once you learn how to forgive, you can press forward from all the mess you already been through. But love more than anything else. So when you exercise love more first, everything else should be easy. And if it ain't easy and it messes with your peace, let it go. Peace. Peace. All right. Till next time. This is Talk My Credo Podcast. Peace out. <laughs>